0: Alright, hello everyone and welcome to End Credits here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. I'm your host, Adam A. Donaldson, and joining me today is...
1: I'm Candice LaPage.
0: Uh, I just realized I've been so busy today, I didn't... I didn't bank anything quippy to say here at the beginning of the show
1: <laughs> i was thinking the same thing too i'm like oh what am i gonna do for small talk Ugh, i don't know
0: it's, yeah it's been a busy month with <laughs> you know people people wrapping stuff up before summer vacation so it's not it didn't leave a lot of time to to be clever unfortunately yeah
1: i'm, I'm glad we're both feeling it <laughs> it's not just me
0: <laughs> the time for cleverness is over now just getting stuff done so we can go on summer vacation Ah, uh, what a world. Okay, end credits is a local movie show for local movie fans. We're here every Wednesday at 3pm to talk the latest in pop culture and review the newest movies, which this week will be the new action comedy wedding heist, Polite Society, which you can now stream on premium VOD, so anywhere you get uh, you rent your video on demand movies, uh, so Cineplex, Apple, Google, YouTube, Amazon, wherever uh that is going to be in the back half of the show for the first half we continue on our march on uh through the movies of the indiana jones series uh so we kicked things off a couple of weeks ago with peter doing raiders of the lost ark and then tim uh joined me to do temple of doom last week and now it's candace's turn uh for the most consequential chapter perhaps question mark (laughs) indiana jones and the last crusade (laughs)
1: Yes, sir. Hey, it is you, Junior. Don't
0: call me that, please. Well, what are you doing here? I came to get you. What do you think?
1: Late 14th century Ming Dynasty. Oh, it breaks the heart.
0: And the head. You hit the dead. I'll never forgive myself. Don't worry. I'm fine. Thank God.
1: (laughs) It's fake. So you can tell with the cross sections. No. Yes, there is. There is no bad Indiana Jones movie, but there is a best Indiana Jones movie. (laughs) And it happens to be the last crusade.
0: Okay. uh, Explain why
1: it's it's just it's the most fun, um, I mean, I think if it was the first movie to be mm. put out, it might not be as fun, but because we already know so much about Indiana Jones, it's okay to be sort of thrown into this. So mm-hmm. it's just so fun to see the father son um dynamic mm-hmm. you know, is is great. Um, the quest of what they're what they're on is. You know, it kind of harkens back to the first one because Mm -hmm. it's religious in nature, but Mm -hmm. it's something that pretty much, I mean, maybe I'm overstating it, but everyone kind of knows about the Holy Grail. Mm -hmm. If you live in a westernized society where we're kind of loosely Christian based. Mm -hmm. So it just, um, I feel like it was just an easy, it's just so easy to get into. But but really, it is about the father son that just makes it the best. Plus the return of Sala. Sala is great in this film,
0: and, and don't forget Marcus Brody.
1: Um... And Brody, I know we get so much <laughs> Brody. It's great. <laughs> yeah,
0: the MacGuffin. Um, I think that's one of the things I noticed. Temple of Doom is that you know there's a full on explanation of the Sankara stones in that in you know hindu mythology that uh, is obviously there for a western audience that is not familiar with hindu mythology and uh yeah the, the, as a macguffin the holy grail is pretty self-explanatory because it's you know it, there is that christian origin it's part of uh the king arthur legend so uh i mean that makes it sort of elegant in a way and then you can it allows the the adventure to focus predominantly on that father son relationship, which of course, um, Sean Connery I think it was fourteen years older than Harrison Ford, so it's a little little lopsided. Yeah. But I mean, the flip side of it too is like if you're watching a, a TV show that's about teenagers, <laughs> the teenager is being played by a twenty year old and the parents being played by like somebody in their forties. So it this is this is the way Hollywood casting works. It's just. Interesting to see it on. Usually, you notice it with the the mother characters. The mothers are unusually young for having teenagers, and then uh, yeah, yeah. But
1: (laughs) of course, I mean, Sean Connery is just very good at playing a a, an old man. Like he's been playing the old man character for a long time, so (laughs) it doesn't actually matter what his age was. It's like it's like he was playing a you know a man in his seventies for the last I don't know forty years.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, he he's coming off this stretch where he's. Uh, I mean, it was kind of a comeback for him. He's in the Untouchables, where he is also playing a father figure of sorts. So it's it's something that he has been sort of well, I, I guess, groomed for is 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 the word. So uh, you can <laughs> he,
1: prepared. Let's say prepared. <laughs> Let's
0: say prepared. But also, <laughs> it's it's you know, it's it, the backstory is interesting to know because of course Indiana Jones, uh, uh, George Lucas. Um, introduced Steven Spielberg to the idea of Indiana Jones when they're talking about what Spielberg was going to do next. And Spielberg was talking about wanting to do a James Bond movie. And George Lucas said something to the effect. Well, I've got something better than James Bond. So at the end of the day, you know, who else but James Bond could be Indiana Jones's father? I think that's like literally a quote from either Lucas or Spielberg. And one of the. I mean.
1: It's brilliant casting because yeah. of that, because it's James Bond. And you're like, oh, of course, Sean Connery plays his father. That's why Indiana Jones is so cool. And then we're introduced to Henry Jones and we go, oh, well, that's not James Bond. <laughs> I mean, that's Where it's did great. Indy get all this? Where did he learn all this stuff if it wasn't from his dad, which it most definitely was not.
0: <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's great subversion of expectations that you get this like tweed wearing. Uh, dork essentially um academic <laughs> <laughs> academic dork um but it's <laughs> you know it's uh there's so many touches on that um from the the scene where they're being shot at from the plane and and uh and henry senior is like they're trying to kill us <laughs> there's the shock and a ball on his in, in his voice yeah. and then uh, when he's rescued from the tank he 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 pops up and he looks at uh, indiana jones is like you call this archaeology <laughs> it's <laughs> it's it's also great i mean and, and then even in the, the the rare cases of like henry jones senior action when he like sets the bird flock off to bring the the plane down and then he starts quoting charlemagne it's uh it's all i mean it's all perfectly of a i'm gonna use the word dork it's it's all perfectly. yeah again of, of, a, of a dork vibe
1: yeah, it's it's the intellectual, right? He I mean not that Indiana Jones doesn't use his brain cuz obviously mm. Indiana Jones is also, you know, a professor, he's very smart, he knows all these languages, he knows all this history and he teaches it. Mm-hmm. Um but he's just he he's also got the street smarts, but you can see it in that that bird scene when he's, you know, saving them from the plane that <laughs> he's he's, you know, using so much knowledge that he has and even Indy indy is like impressed at the end he finally sort of goes oh oh my dad really does he's he's gonna be fine he knows what he's doing
0: yeah my dad can come through in a pinch which i think is 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 sort of like i mean there's also the the spielberg daddy issues that you can read into this but (laughs) the it's also the reconciliation of daddy issues i wonder if you go back um spielberg I've, I've heard him talk a lot about sort of reconciling with his father around the time private Ryan came out and that, um, you know, making a film that was sort of explicitly about his father's generation and, and their war sort of warmed him to, to reconcile with his father. But I also wonder if there's like bit of a reconcile here. There like, there's, there's this great bit of just silent acting at the end of that scene where, Henry Jones is walking off after he's quoted Charlemagne and, and Indiana just sort of watch it looks after him and just does like, kind of like a, a nod. Yeah. It it, holds,
1: it holds on Harrison Ford's face for a very long time. Yeah. On that.
0: Yeah. And that's, I think that's what Spielberg's really good at is like sort of these non-communicatives, these, these like little pieces of, um, body language that, that says more than a line of dialogue can. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, and what's interesting is that, um, While there's certainly, you know, Germany and Mm. Nazis were sort of the bad guys in uh, the first film, in The Lost Ark, Mm -hmm. it's far more explicit in this one, and them being like on the verge of of World War Mm -hmm. um, was really talked about, and it's a terrible sign of the times, but... um, Uh, Henry, uh, you know Sean Connery's character has this this part where he talks about how incredibly terrible it would be if the Nazis were to to gain the power of the Grail, and he's just talking about, you know, this is like the most evil thing in the world, and it'll turn everything so evil. And I'm like, oh, it's so refreshing to think back on a time like e- even just in the in the '80s, it was almost the '90s when this film came out mm-hmm. that it was clear that the Nazis were wrong
0: uh-huh. and evil
1: uh-huh. and all of this was bad. And <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> like could we even say that anymore in a film? I don't know. But I think it was important to, you know, when you sort of talk about the the fact that all of these films are are set in the past, it mm. really does sort of help to sort of talk about or or make not like make light, but make it more entertaining for people to see. How truly awful these people were, and what they were doing, so that those of us now can kind of, you know, think about our our, you know, in some cases, parents or grandparents mm. who were part of that, who were affected by that, who lived through that. That is like, no, they really were this terrible. Like,
0: <laughs> I mean, the, Spielberg and Lucas and in, in in sort of like designing these films, at, at least the two that predominantly. I should say the two released so far that primarily feature Nazi characters. And I was thinking about this today, both Raiders and last crusade, the, the, the main villain is not a Nazi. There's someone who's collaborating with the Nazis. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, Belloc in Raiders is a French archeologist. He's just sort of like a gun for hire. And then you have Walter Donovan in this movie who is, um, you know, I guess, it's never said but it probably implied heavily that he's a part of the Bund society and part of like sort of the american germanic movement to ally with the nazis in the war and, and he's you know sort of more than happy to to just go along with this and and i i find that very interesting reading in the modern context it's not it's not so much about the goon squad i mean yeah there's there's the the main nazi in this vogel who's just like a it, it just like central casting <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like this is how we say goodbye in germany dr johns and punches them it's <laughs> um there's always like these oily especially oily nazis in in these two films but it just the, the main characters the main antagonists are people who are not nazis themselves they are not german born they are not members of the party but they're going along with it and that feels i'm not sure if there was a pointed <laughs> statement being made but I mean, it standing here in the year 2023 and sort of coming to that conclusion, it it seems very very pointed in retrospect.
1: Yeah, and when you think particularly about the Jewish genocide, mm-hmm. um yeah, those those collaborators
0: mm-hmm. or
1: people who just sort of didn't stand up or just mm-hmm. said it's it's fine, they're not bothering me, it's okay, you know, or neighbors turning on neighbors like that. Right. Th- yeah, that was such Uh, a terror like yeah the the inaction of everybody else Mm -hmm. is as evil or potentially even more evil because it's sinister almost Mm -hmm. than the outright Nazism Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: and maybe that goes back to what Henry was saying right is that they're evil but what they're what they like that creeping evil (coughs) around them that just like allowed everybody else to go well you know it's fine. Or, oh, hey, you know, here. I mean, even we saw it when they went to um, the the city that they were going to start the the grail quest for mm-hmm. and speaking to the person who's in charge saying, yeah, you know, we're going to come and take this, this thing from your land. But here we're going to pay you lots. Here's a yeah. bunch of gold and a bunch. And, and that guy was just like, sure, whatever. No big deal. Oh, it's, you want it's, you want a cup it, that gives you eternal life? Fine, it's okay.
0: It's worse than that, though. He he scoffs at the riches and goes for the car.
1: It's true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's like, I even like the color. It's it. Again, I I don't know what it is. Sort of like reading it. It's just it seems so base. It's just it, it's not even like. Actually, the guy does have a line now that I'm thinking about. It. He's, he's, you know, Donovan's explaining all this to him, and, and he just cuts Donovan off. He says, "Okay, what have you brought me?" And it's just yeah. so transactional. It's just so. He's just willing to sell out.
1: It's yeah. He's <laughs> willing, willing to sell out the entire world, just for this car. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, I, I could. You kind of have to have respect for somebody who's just that sort of nakedly. Uh, <laughs> transactional
1: (laughs) sure yeah i mean i I don't know respect uh you know there must be another word
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah no 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 i hear you um one of the things that struck me is um especially watching temple of doom a week ago i don't think i've ever really watched indiana jones movies like sort of one after the other like this but for me last crusade is obviously a correction for the mistakes of perceived mistakes i should say of temple of doom it's you know going back to nazis it's going back to sort of this christian mythology and, and lore it's uh going back to humor and there, there are it, it just seems so fu- that the, the humor in this is kind of goofy like there's some very goofy humor like the whole thing with the book stamp and Mm -hmm. uh and then when he sees they're getting into the castle later and he's posing as a as a scottish guy and he's doing this over-the-top accent it's it's just some of it's kind of silly um which i i find i mean i don't think it takes i don't think it's ever taken me out of the movie but just that's something i notice is that it's it it feels very much like an overcorrection of some of the dark and gloom of temple of doom
1: yeah yeah for sure it's um yeah, I mean and and also just when you say dark and gloom also mm-hmm. in a way the filming of it too like this is a very bright movie mm-hmm. everything just seems really glossy too like even once they get into the the actual place where the grail is mm-hmm. um yeah it's just so bright and well lit and you know there's this this old guy who is so well well liked and well lit and well (laughs) like dressed in this thing that he literally became a pepsi commercial
0: the grail knight yeah yeah uh played by an actor named robert edison um who is like a lot of english actors had a, a long and illustrious stage career he didn't do a lot of film work but uh apparently uh Lawrence Olivier was like the original choice to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to be the mm-hmm. Grail Knight, but he was too sick at the time to to take it up. But yeah, that is like a. I, I find that character that character is like sort of what I remember of, and you know, just the to to speak of humor, you know the the line where, you know, spoiler alert for a thirty year old movie, but you know when Donovan <laughs> drinks from the fake Grail and disintegrates, and it, when he just says he chose poorly it's just such a moment of tremendous understatement in in and yeah. in, in the midst of like this high pressure situation you got like henry senior is is has been shot and he's dying gotta choose the right cup gotta make sure gotta test to make sure gotta get back through the traps and and here's this you know <laughs> here's this sarcastic mofo you like, chose poorly you know it's <laughs> all that yeah. was missing was the mic drop <laughs>
1: Well, and, and that's what I mean, right? Like it, it literally became a Pepsi commercial. Like Mm. it just felt so glossy, but also just like, there's a reason I think that it did become a Pepsi commercial and it became a meme before we actually had a definition of memes. Yeah. Like this was, this was a pop culture moment when he, when, you know, he was, he's there saying he chose poorly and, and, you know, he chose wisely. Um, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it sort of it almost feels like ahead of its time because mm. I I just feel like this character is is a GIF <laughs> <laughs> like he was created for the GIF world before we even had it.
0: Yeah, it. I mean, it's also kind of like a video game character in to a sort too. It. Um. I mean, this was the era of I think even before Super Nintendo, but you know, playing a, a, like an RPG like zelda or something and you know you're going through this quest and then you enter a room and somebody says you have arrived now you have this test to perform to move on in the quest and it it feels kind of of a sort with that
1: true yes it was very much like all the king's quest games i was playing at the time (laughs) or perhaps like the monkey island game i was playing which was a lucas arts game that
0: was a lucas arts game that's right Yeah. yeah i believe they tried to turn that into a movie over many many years. Yeah. Um <laughs> do you want to talk about the Prologue?
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> so, um I, yeah. As a young person, River Phoenix meant a lot to me. Mm. Um I I was quite enamored of him and uh did like, you know, the typical fangirl sort of thing. Lots of deep dives. So, uh getting to see him play young Indiana Jones mm-hmm. when I was a kid was very exciting. And it's actually, it's the second time that he has, well, he didn't really act with Harrison Ford in this, mm. but um, just before that, they were in Mosquito Coast together as That's as right. father and son. Yeah. And uh, similarly, it's sort of fun because River Phoenix often did very sort of dramatic roles, mm-hmm. um, and or like sort of weird type things, mm. like my own private Idaho. Um, right. But so he did like a real indie sort of thing or really dramatic type stuff. And he wasn't really kind of a franchise actor right. um, doing these, these, you know, big blockbuster sort of things. So it, it felt, it still feels like every time I put it on, I'm like, oh, it's so weird to have River Phoenix in here. But also I think he did a great job. Um, I, I think there was, uh, you know, some attempt to get him to actually play young Indiana Jones in the TV show following, but there was mm-hmm. never a chance that was going to happen.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, in, by that point, he was, you know, uh, even a, a more firmly established. Artist. I think that started in 91 or 92. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, And I, of course, like a few years later, he, he, you know, he, he, his drug problems, you know, took him from the world. Uh, yeah, I I think if, if there's a reason the scene works, it's because of him. He just, it, I guess it's because he had that experience working on the set with Harrison Ford. He was able to sort of channel those Harrison Ford isms. Um, there's a, there's a real sense of I and and this is something that I don't think. I mean, de aging is going to be a big thing in Dial of Destiny. It's it's all over the freaking trailer. So that's not a spoiler. That there's there's a scene in during World War II with a younger indiana jones but there's something to the human performance here having someone who even though he doesn't look like harrison ford he's got the mannerisms he's got the swagger he's Mm -hmm. um you know he's got the inflections he's really channeling harrison ford and and i think that's what makes the scene work because otherwise this is like Easter Egg Town. Everything that made Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones happened in one in- afternoon in nineteen twelve.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> and, which is such a like. It's such a ridiculous thing that. Yeah. I honestly, I complain about now. I'm like fan service and why, you know, the whole like the solo movie and right. how he got his name. I'm like nobody cared how he got his name. That's nobody right. Nobody cared how he got this. Nobody cared <laughs> about that, <laughs> um and you know. I, I don't know. Maybe nobody did care about those things about Indiana Jones, but uh, there's just something about something about the way they did it that just makes it a little less. It feels less fanservice-y.
0: Yeah, it it feels like a. It, I think because it feels like its own little short thing. It's got a beginning, middle, and end. Um, but you're right. I I think when we see something like this in like Solo, um. Uh, and there are a lot of there's a lot of stuff in Solo that you know had like one mission sort of made ho- the rest of Han Solo's life, and that that it just feels cheap and cheesy. And but but I think because the, this prologue is it's so compact and it's so uh, because you have River Phoenix in there too, and um it's, it's also really really strong. Actually, you get this conceit of like the 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 circus train and all this action taking place on the circus train, which gives you like the whip, which gives you the snakes. But I mean, it's it's the staging and the execution and the performance that that make that work. Because yeah, there is another world somewhere where it's like, oh my god, I have to sit through twenty minutes of this, yeah, BS Indiana Jones origin story to get to like the actual movie.
1: Well, and interestingly, I would say that it's the most exciting um, action sequence in the film, mm. right up until the the tank, which mm. is almost at the very end. And mm-hmm. that's the thing, like in in um, The first film, there's so many great action set pieces, and it's they're so well done, and and they're very tense, and it's all practical, and it's great. Yeah. And in this film, it kind of there isn't really as much. There's a little bit here and there, but Mm -hmm. even when you think about, um, you know, them trying to escape the the castle, and -hmm. there's a fire, and they you know end up in the there's all these little things, but they're not these big giant action set pieces the way the first film was so packed with them. So really right. this, this train sort of run at the beginning is mm-hmm. is kind of it until you get almost to the very end.
0: It, it's straight it, to hear you say that I, I agree about the scale, but that sequence there from where they accidentally set fire to the castle to when they escape the castle and they get to the border on the, the motorcycle. That's like in terms of just like set up and, and, you know how how the action flows from one set piece to another. That's kind of like the most Raiders like sequence in in Last Crusade. Although, uh, again, I, I agree it's it's not to scale, but just in terms of that moving you percussively from one action thing to an X and one challenge to an X, mm-hmm. that's probably the most Raiders like sequence yeah. in Last Crusade.
1: And then, of course, we finally get a moment of peace when they get on the the dreaded zeppelin, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: which, of course, is when. And I love that they never really say anything about it. you just we see the Zeppelin and everybody who knows history sort of laughs and goes, oh God, what's gonna happen now yeah um, um but of course they just they just make it off the Zeppelin just fine mm-hmm. uh by flying away. <laughs> but uh it it does it is one of those like little sort of things it's kind of like it's a it's a chuckle mm-hmm. and then it's even funnier that it doesn't pay off into anything
0: uh, at least as I'm- far as I'm concerned. Well, it does give us another great me moment, no ticket, but... uh...
1: Yeah, true, (laughs) true. (laughs) I will say that scene there, once they finally sort of slow down and they get on to the Zeppelin, Mm. John Williams' score is really great in this film. And that particular section there, I just really, really like it. I I really like the way, I guess it sort of starts from um, the book burning scene and Hitler. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. He just has such a great militaristic sound mm-hmm. and then it sort of changes it was it's one of those things where i'm like oh i can hear i can tell that this is the same composer who did the music for star wars mm-hmm. but it's still so different somehow
0: mm-hmm. um i mean the, the the music for all the indians movies i think is is great i i do have a, a bit of uh as i talked about last week a bit of favor towards the the temple of doom uh score but i mean th- this is solid here and yeah i think the, the the music they used in the book burning scene is an actual march from a, a german mm-hmm. composer so that i mean that's in keeping of with you know the time period although that's another thing where it seems like it's it's a little goofy um to, to have like indiana jones run into hitler in in the middle of all this to craziness but um, a, I guess it's a good laugh just the same um, the other th- as we're kind of running out of time to talk about Last Crusade here I, I just kind of want to remark um, the film literally ends with everyone riding into the sunset it's it's very clearly meant to be a punctuation mark mm-hmm. on the series and I, I do wonder all the attempts to get a fourth Indiana Jones going it was almost 20 years between last crusade and kingdom of the crystal skull. And then it's 10, let me do the math in my head really quick, 10, 15 years for, to get dial of destiny. I just wonder if they, you know, they aren't fighting. I mean, to an extent, it almost seems like they were fighting resisting, um, having to go back to this. Well, again, I mean, Lucas bails on, uh, you know, sells the character did to Disney and, and then Steven Spielberg signs up to do dial of destiny, but then he bails. And it it just seems like, and we'll probably get into this next week when Peter and mm-hmm. I talk about kingdom of the crystal skull, but it just seems like you can't go home again because this was the perfect ending. They literally write yes. off into the sunset.
1: Yeah, it was, it was great. And I, I think that at the time too, they really felt this was the end. Like, mm-hmm. It, it wasn't that it took so long to get the next one done because other people didn't want it done. They, <laughs> they were like, I mean, it's typical. It's also called the last crusade, which is right, true. Yeah. True. Very much. It's actually part of the, the context because it's mm. the crusades for the, the grail and stuff like that. So it fits what they're saying, but it's also the last like that. That was meant for a reason. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it it, it it I think that goes to having the prologue in the beginning. It's like okay, we're, we're gonna this in this we we are going to say everything we need to say about Indiana Jones, who he is, how he came to be, how he got the name. You know, this this relationship, like there hasn't been actually a lot of talk about his parents in the movies up until this point. So he just seems kind of like this lone wolf character who just you know hooks up with somebody for an adventure and then moves on. And and there, there's there's a, like a genuine feeling of like he's come home at the end of this he's reconciled with his father he's he's you know maybe not the lone wolf and maybe he's going on and and, and this was like sort of paid off to an extent in the 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 bookend scenes in the young indiana jones chronicles i mean those of if you go and watch the young indiana jones chronicles on disney plus those things have been shaved they've been purged the the scenes with george hall as like 90 year old indiana jones with an eye patch and a cane have been purged and i think that's <laughs> a shame but from those scenes at least from what i remember it, it's like he's he's become this like crotchety old man he was a father and now he's a grandfather and now he's you know showing up random places and sharing these stories of his youth with with random people and um certainly certainly it's not he's 80 years old in 1969 and still still dropping out of planes and things yeah
1: yeah <laughs> all yeah.
0: right We'll have to uh, see how we feel about revisiting Kingdom of the Crystal Skull next week, and um, I'm sure we'll get the Dial up Destiny 2 that comes out on Friday in a theater near you. In the meantime, we are going to check out something that is presently on VOD. It is called Polite Society. And we're going to review that after the break. You are listening to end credits here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio.
1: You know, Sir Clan is looking for a receptionist for his dentist practice. Uh, if he wanted to work... <laughs> are you mad? Oh, that you is are not good. Cool. Cool. What? What did I do? But she can't,
0: she's not gonna be a receptionist. How would that look? Uh, she's an artist, not a pencil-pounding desk shagger. Honestly, receptionist. What?
1: Lena's <laughs> going back to art school soon anyway, aren't you, Lena? Uh,
0: no. Lena was a brave girl. She realised that art school was not serious. So she's come home. It mm. was very brave. Good girl. Shabash! No, that's BS. Nina, tell them. Leave it right okay. <laughs> now. I'm sorry, okay? But I think we just need to iron out a couple of things in this household. Nina is going to be an artist. And I... am going to be a stunt woman. Okay, that was a clip from Polite Society. It's the new film from writer and director Nita Manzur, And it stars... Priya Kansara, Ritu Arya, Nimra Brukha, Akshay Kana, and Shobu Kapoor. And I've been practicing those names because I didn't want to embarrass myself doing this movie review because I'm I'm actually very, very fond of this movie. I'm very glad we watched it. It's a lot of fun
1: yes yes, I agree I am sorry that I chose it making forcing you to say all those names that um, um we are sadly are are uh white Two. Western uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> we're, yeah we're still practicing with those yeah um exactly but uh yeah I I was really excited to watch it too because I have been um I, I haven't been watching like Bollywood films I haven't gone into that. Yet, mostly because they're all like three hours long, and we all know how I feel about long movies. <laughs> but I have been watching more movies and/or TV shows and things, and reading a few books actually too that are um, Indian or Pakistani or uh, Bangladeshi families, and and all of the the ins and outs. Almost everything that I've been watching has been uh, around weddings. Because mm. that is a common thing where families start to marry off their their young people, and uh, <laughs> uh, I think it's. Um, I mean, I don't want it to sound like it's like they're just telling those stories for us white people, but I mm. think that us white people are very intrigued by by sort of the. Uh, idea of arranged marriages which is not really what actually happens and Mm. i think that's really great like in all these things that i've been watching and reading it's really not arranged marriages but families Mm. are more heavily involved than say us selfish people Mm -hmm. who just go and do things without thinking about anybody else at all that's well there's
0: you know there's the cultural difference but you know i was thinking about this today it's like is it any different you know your, your mother going through her social circle and finding all the eligible women and, you know, showing you their picture and saying, which one do you think you might be interested in going out on a date and seeing if there's a marriage opportunity and, yeah. you know, hoping to bump into this, to the one at the bar or a, coffee shop or something it's
1: it's just like finding a needle in a haystack <laughs> yeah i mean it, people it, it, it... people go online or like hire matchmakers right and meanwhile there's like a whole group of people who are like or you could just do it this really civilized way
0: <laughs> H- human mating is all ludicrous it's yeah. it's true yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> of course it all backfires in this particular movie
0: <laughs> yes um yeah this is the movie that that shows how it doesn't work um if uh, you know the the potential groom is a geneticist messing about in human cloning as a <laughs> as a tributary to his mother, I
1: guess. Sure.
0: And, yeah, it's there's there is this weird edible thing with this let's the plot of it is that there are these two sisters, Ria and Lena. Um, Lena starts seeing this uh, eligible bachelor named Salem uh they start the process of getting married it turns out maybe spoiler alert uh that salem and his mother are trying to find uh i guess the most fertile indian woman in london uh who which can be pregnated with the clone of the uh future mother-in-law's uh of, a clone of the future mother-in-law i should say so that um she can. It, it does sound very reborn. bizarre. Trying it does sound, but it, it sounds yeah. bizarre. It has to be seen to be believed. But it, uh, it makes sense, perfect sense in the movie. But it it's yeah. to 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 the point I was trying to get at. There is this sort of weird edible thing because I don't think we ever hear about Salam's father. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah. it's like the son is trying to get his wife pregnant with a new version of his mother. Um, yeah, it's just it's just badass nuts from uh, not from the jump because you find out these things as the movie goes along but it is it it turns out the 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 teenage girl who wants to be a a stunt performer um and is like shooting these like little social media videos of herself trying to do a roundhouse kick in the backyard isn't the most ludicrous thing in the film so
1: i know right (laughs) um it's uh yeah i mean the trailers definitely show you that like there's something wrong with his family and that mm-hmm. Rhea, the younger sister does have to save her older sister, Lena. Like they, they really don't dance around that. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, most of the film, you're just, you're just waiting. You're continuing. Cause we know, we know that that's ultimately what's going to happen. We're just waiting to find out like, what exactly is it? What's, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Um, and even in the film, it's it's pretty quickly sort of set up to that there is definitely something going on because at one point lena wakes up um from having stayed over at his place and has had you know basically like uh, the dreams that people who have been abducted by aliens have i was going to say
0: the alien abduction dream that's right exactly
1: yeah. <laughs> um so we know that there's something going on but there are some uh, caution to our listeners there is so much Period humor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or just period talk in general <gasps> in this film. I was really I was I was not expecting it. I was like, whoa, there's we're we're really like all in on uh on talking about women's periods. Okay. <laughs>
0: hmm hmm I was okay with it. Uh it, i I got the humor with uh especially later on when ever any time anytime the friends um rio's <laughs> friends need a distraction and the, the target of the, the distraction is male it's just heavy flow it's
1: <laughs> yeah yeah they, they got to bring tea to lena because you know it's her time of the month yeah
0: it's just the way the way the one friend delivers it, heavy flow it's it's like <laughs> yeah. twisting then, the knife
1: the men are just homer backing into a
0: into a bush okay
1: yeah
0: that's right um, yeah. <laughs> that's right. um yeah, I I had it, it does occur to me I had watched the trailer before putting on the movie and it is kind of explicitly clear that there's uh, something rotten going on here. Um, I want to point out too that uh, the director uh, Nita Mansoor, um I didn't know she was the director, the writer and director, but I was already familiar with her work because I'm a big fan of We Are Lady Parts, which is mm. a it's a sitcom about um, for muslim women who form a band uh in london and it it walks a lot of the same thematic round of this in terms of it's about young women navigating trying to you know they're modern women trying to navigate tradition and the ideas that they have about what they want their lives to look like and uh the, the lead character in that who's the new guitarist for the band she's getting pressure from her parents to you know finish school and i think she, i think she's working to become kind of some kind of scientist so it's a doctor so ria ria could relate um it's yeah so you know the the main character gets the 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 gig with the band and uh, it's all about well it's not all about but a lot of it's about that push pull it's like her traditional parents want her to get a good job get a good husband be a you know be that yep. pinnacle of success and you know maybe she just wants to be like in a you know a london punk band Uh, screaming into the microphone and and making people dance. And uh, there's a lot of that here, too. And it's very interesting that there's kind of another unconventional career choice here for Rhea to to be the stunt woman. Um, And it's also inverting certain uh, gender expectations, too. I'm not sure how many... um, I mean, first of all, how many stunt people can you name, period, and and, how many (laughs) <laughs> how many female yeah. stunt people can you name and uh this this whole idea of her wanting to be a stunt person and of course i mean it's, it's not just her culture that's like her parents saying that you know sh- she should aim at something a little more practical i mean her even her white teachers like uh yeah who's going to apprentice you in this <laughs> you know in this into this yeah. world of stunt women uh or stunt performance so it it is there's a lot of connection, and I w- so I would say that if you liked We Are Lady Parts, this is definitely of a piece of that. Or if you like this and you want more, um, it's probably worth. I don't know where you can find We Are Lady Parts now, um, but uh, if if you can seek it out, if you like this and want to seek something out, We Are Lady Parts is is a good companion to this.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never. I-, I think I watched the first episode of that, and I didn't get a chance to go back and and watch the whole thing. But I uh, I heard great things about it from other people the other thing i would say that this sort of reminded me of Mm -hmm. um is that it it felt it had a real strong scott pilgrim vibe to me
0: yes it had a great influence yeah
1: yeah i was like if this is just like if scott pilgrim had to uh defeat like seven (laughs) in-laws to save his her (laughs) sister like that's that's basically what's going on here Mm -hmm. um yes but yeah just it had that sort of uh, hyper real sort of thing where mostly everything seemed like it was very much based in a, like a real world that we were all part of mm-hmm. but then you know some of her interactions uh, at school with the one student um yeah, who's sort of the bully <laughs> who, of course, comes around. I mean, there's this whole fight scene that they have in the library where the entire class is watching. and the librarian is asleep on the desk. That's right. <laughs> and I was like, what what is happening here? But even like the fight styles and everything are very uh, over exaggerated, like the number of times that people are like kicked right through wa- walls or doors, and there's basically like a person side. <laughs> yeah. hole there um is is great but yeah i i totally got the scott pilgrim type vibes i'm like yep yeah, yeah this is i think i'm going to enjoy this film
0: <laughs> yeah i i got that too and I, th- I think there's sort of one part where it it's that doesn't quite work it's it's the this, this scene where ria and lena have a fight and uh, there's such a, like sort of like an emotional uh, mm-hmm. uh, like there's such an emotional grounding to that that, that, that it's something there's something about like the emotional struggle that it feels so real that like the the ludicrousness of the fight doesn't really kind of seem to suit the the personal stakes of it and that was kind of like the only moment I was really kind of taken at taken out of that because it's I mean as as a brother of sisters I I have seen this happen in real time not like the <laughs> knock them down yeah. drag them out but you know just the you know when sisterly bonds fray and and it can only be expressed with shouting at one another except in this it was like punches and kicks and being thrown through doors and things yeah there was an honesty to the to the scene uh, emotionally that just it, it felt like it didn't need the you know kicking people through doors part of it that that's kind of the only thing about the film that didn't quite work for me
1: yeah, I will say, too, because that was also a point I did write down. I was just like, wow, I thought like my brother and I had pretty heavy duty fights and we did like have physical <laughs> fights growing up. Mm-hmm. But this was really over the top and um, is actually the only time we really see blood. Yeah. Uh, like any sort of actual like physical outcome from a fight because Lena takes uh, Rhea's head and just keeps smashing it into a-, a frame. Right. Which as I was watching it at first, I I, you know actually kind of liked the, you know, I, I thought it was great, because I literally just watched a few weeks ago, a video of a, a woman who uh, worked on uh, Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and she was the mm. the uh, stunt person for that, talking about doing those, those stunts where someone yeah. slams your head into glass. So I was really, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool, because she also also wants to be a stunt woman and so this is sort of a real thing because <laughs> yeah. you still like it may not be glass glass but it's still shards and <laughs> and you know you're still actually doing doing damage so i was watching going oh this is kind of cool and then her sister headbutt her like right into all this like that there was actually blood there and everything and i was like whoa okay like
0: yeah
1: now we've really gone over the top like the the slamming the head Mm-hmm. didn't seem as too far gone or as like to me it kind of fit into the style of fighting that they were doing Mm -hmm. but then to see blood there and then for her to like again like head butter with Mm -hmm. it i was like whoa okay like there's something really real about this fight that Mm -hmm. all the other fights don't really have
0: yeah, and so not... I actually
1: kind of liked it. you I think it didn't work for you, but it did work for me. But I think it... for the same reasons
0: <laughs> I mean that's I mean, that's an interesting uh, uh, thing that, about about like movies like this is, you know, to or an uh, interesting point in talking about movies is how something can work for someone for the same reason. It doesn't work for somebody else. but i I do i I think I understand what Menzur is trying to do in terms of like like this is a deeply serious like because you see these sisters. In the beginning and they're thick as thieves um you know they're they're both kind of you know artsy and eccentric and eclectic in in their own individual ways and you know uh, rena uh, lena is an is an artist um although she's struggling and the whole confrontation they have culminates with rena saying that or lena excuse me lena saying that uh she left art school because she realized she was not good enough which, you know, sort of feeds into this idea, well, if you're not good enough for this thing that you are pursuing, then, you know, why not, you know, marry yourself off and mm-hmm. do the other thing and and follow the cultural norms and follow this guy you've known for three weeks to Singapore because you're now his wife. It's uh, There's some some logical consistency of that. But, yeah, it, it just, you know, there, there was a tone to this thing. And the dividing line is when it draws blood. And I think what Mansoor was trying to say is, like, this is, like, deeply serious, like. They've figuratively drawn blood. And so I've shown that they've literally drawn blood. And um, I think I would have. I think the performances would have sold that without the blood. But I mean, it, it's a choice and uh, it works for some doesn't work for others. Yeah. And that's fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's the beauty of art. <laughs>
0: that's the beauty of art. That's right. Um, can we talk about uh, Fatima Khan? Uh Yes. She I liked her. I liked uh the the um oh what's the character's name from Harry Potter, Ron's mom? Like like the Ron's mom vibes Yes. Uh, where she yes. gets in on the fight. Um
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's true, yeah.
0: And I liked I liked Rifecon too, the the father. He's he's sort of like a nice kind of sitcom oblivious dad that uh I enjoyed too.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were very um what I did like with them is that they were very loving parents mm-hmm. um who didn't really judge their kids. And you know, when she um when she first goes to to meet with all the other aunties and everyone's talking about their kids and what their kids are doing. And you can just see her like she's already sort of dressed up to get there with her her scarf with a pop of color, with That's which right. Rhea is kind of like, what what are you all dressed up for? Um but, you know, you can see her there and and even still like she still talked about her her daughters mm-hmm. in their reality like he didn't she didn't really like lie about them because mm-hmm. she still sort of felt like well no like you know <laughs> she's, she's still proud of them as a mother even though they bring her shame
0: <laughs> yeah and she of course she doesn't realize just how much that uh Lena was seen uh, eating a whole chicken on the street it's... yeah
1: <laughs> it was Uh, a duck a whole duck oh
0: wasn't a duck okay yeah (laughs) fair enough um and then uh another standout uh nimra abuka who plays uh rahila the the future mother-in-law um really she she has a great evil laugh um I, i i thought she brought a lot of relish to it she was just a lot of fun as the the villain of the piece
1: yeah she was great. and i I the whole movie, I'm sure I've seen her in something recently, and I've looked up her IMDB and nothing there is is seeming familiar because uh, I didn't actually see miss Marvel she was mm. she was in Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. And so then I wonder, is she maybe in the Marvel like the Miss Marvel movie, and I've seen the trailer, and that's what it was. It yeah. was um it was definitely I mean- bugging me all. <laughs> all movie i was like oh my god every time i'm sure i've seen her in something but she was great she was so good and she would go from like as you say that sort of like laugh that wicked (laughs) you know wicked laugh sort of thing to this like very creepy loving mother like her relationship with her son was very weird and then you know, again with the period humor, as she's crossing <laughs> boundaries with her right. her future daughter in law, and it's just like, okay, wow, this woman is going to be part of your life forever. Is, uh-huh. is this really what you want? Here, she uh, definitely she definitely played all parts of her role and, and yeah. really nailed them.
0: Yeah, there's a great Bond villain quality too because there's also the scene. Where um Rhea is is there while they're while she's doing a spa day and uh using waxing as torture. And it's and mm-hmm. the, the whole thing is set up like uh you know, like Goldfinger, like the the sequence from Goldfinger where Bond's on the table with the laser. It's it's shot in almost like the same with with this kind of like the same yeah. cutaways and things. It's it's really kind of beautiful. And so it's uh she she's so you know, Bukra playing that you know playing that up in that scene especially in, you know the the um shall we get to the bikini area
1: but <laughs> i love it when ria said i just thought i would shave just the whole like no don't ever do that it'll grow back
0: it's just it's such a
1: uh <clears throat> as as a woman mm-hmm. <laughs> listening to this going oh yes yes mm-hmm. of course we've all heard this a million times
0: <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm yeah it's just a lot of fun um it's, it's very culturally specific but i think that, that there's also a lot of universality too um I, you know even if you're not a fan of rom-coms i don't think this is a rom-com by any stretch but it's it, it's it's certainly um a lot it of does fun
1: dig into the tropes though
0: it digs into the tropes for sure yeah. including like i love the the action sequence at the end where everyone's like beautifully dressed in these like these gowns and of course a lot of Bollywood musicals end with these like musical numbers where things are Mm -hmm. like everybody's beautifully dressed and immaculately dressed and it's going in slow-mo and everyone's you know throwing the 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 capes and the the veils around and it's all it's also beautiful except in this case it's like martial arts it's you know people fighting and it um (laughs) <laughs> perfectly lampshades everything
1: yeah though for those who really love their bollywood there is mm. a nice dance scene
0: yep yep yeah
1: you know, that yep. will that will scratch your itch
0: it'll scratch your itch um yeah and that was well done too it's it's th- this movie's a lot of fun it's it's well worth watching well that's it for this week's show though so sorry about that we hope you liked it just the same and you can listen to it again by our finding it on our website and show.com you can download it from the guelph politicast channel on podbean every friday or through your favorite podcast app at apple stitcher google TuneIn, and spotify when you're on spotify you can find the playlist for much of the music that you hear on end credits just open up spotify and search for end credits on cfru you can also find us on social media or on Facebook at end credits radio show. And we're on Twitter at end credits radio and Candace, where can people find you at up there on the internet?
1: Yes. You can find me everywhere on the internet at sin 48. That's C I N N and the digits 48. eight. Um, yeah. Come, come try to convince me to spend three hours watching a Bollywood movie. One day I will.
0: <laughs> um, I'll leave that there. I will be back here on CFRU Thursday at 5 p.m. for News and Politics on Open Sources Guelph with Scotty Hertz. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam A. Dawson or check out my News and Politics site at GuelphPolitico.ca. And stay tuned for more great programming here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. And we shall return next Wednesday at 3 p.m. for more end credits. And we will, of course, see you then.